Brought to you by the Mutual Audio Network. Don't leave home without it. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. This episode of Bells in the Bat Free was originally released October 27th, 2009. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bells in the Bat Free, episode 97, as we inch ever closer to that 100th episode, at which time I will not be changing formats. This show is appearing close to Halloween of 2009, and I racked my brain trying to think of something really cool to do for Halloween, but failed miserably. So I thought instead that I would be unlike everybody else and not do something Halloween-related. So now let's go to the Equator Room at the Venus de Milo Arms Hotel for a special concert. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and let's give a big hand for tonight's artist, that fine violinist, Louis Feinberg, who will play that popular tune, The Exploding Mustilla Day. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program of delightful dance music to bring you a special bulletin. Professor Freddie Farrell of the Farmingdale Planetarium has announced that he has observed incandescent gas explosions on the surface of some planet somewhere. I'll have to admit at that point I lost interest and wasn't really listening. But if this is important, we'll talk more about it and get more information. In the meantime, let's go back to our delightful concert uh, music thing. Here, I've lost interest again. I've never witnessed such an amazing finale to a musical piece in my entire life. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as the crew cleans the watermelon pieces, ducks, linoleum pancakes, and Australian cassowaries from the stage, we'll prepare to welcome our next act, Siegfried Sagelmeister and his Sad Sack 7 Jug and Harp Band playing... Single ladies put a ring on. We reinterrupt this program, apparently just in the nick of time, <laughs> uh, to bring you this uh, another special bulletin. Uh, apparently, something's going on having to do with this gas and things at um, Princeton Observatory. But why anybody would want to observe Princeton, I don't know. But anyway, we've sent a reporter there, and uh, they should be reporting in just about now. Hello, hello, come in, come in, come in. This is Coop Scoop, Scoop Cooper. Speaking to you from the observatory at Princeton. What? Oh, this is Scoop Cooper speaking to you from a pet grooming salon in Lompoc. Luckily, I am told that a famous astronomer, Professor Person... That's Pearson. Parson... Pearson. Parsec... Pearson. ...is here getting his schnauzer trimmed. The professor is a very busy man, and our conversation could be interrupted at any time by telephone, text, tweet, Facebook update, IM, blog alert, or schnauzer bite. Professor, could you please tell us what you saw when you were seeing things through your telescope? I saw nothing unusual. Just a greenish, purplish, plaid, and striped blob floating through a mauve sky. That's when I realized that there was a squash bug on the lens. So I cleaned it off, and then I saw a planet, the planet Pluto. But Pluto is no longer a planet. Oh, yeah. Okay, in that case, I saw this big round thing floating around, orbiting the Earth with the planets, of which it is not one. Would you say that Pluto is inhabited? Nope, not a nick. Uh-uh. The former planet is completely lifeless. 
Just like my Saturday nights. Then how do you explain those gas explosions? Homemade tacos. I really should have cut back on I the... mean on the plutonium surface? On the who, what, now? Oh, oh, yes, yes, that I cannot explain. Unless the plutonians are shooting things at us. So you just said there was no life on Pluto. Well, then who the heck is shooting things at us from the surface? Wait a minute. Yes? The professor is getting a phone okay. call. I'll check that. Somebody has told him to check his Twitter account. The tweet is telling him to go to a Facebook page. He's IMing for more details. He's picking up a blog and... He's been bitten by a schnauzer. I have just learned there's been a shock of almost earthquake in King City occurring in Grover's Mill, New Jersey. They want this to be investigated immediately. So you'll go to investigate? Actually, this note was for my schnauzer, but I'll go with him. It's probably a meteorite, or a meteor, or an alien plutonium spaceship. I mean, if there were people on Pluto shooting things at us, which there isn't. And they're not. Folks, this is amazing. The professor will now proceed to Princeton, and I shall return to New York to file the rest of my report. This is Scoop Cooper reporting. No, I'm driving this time. And now back to our MSCNNBCCBN studios. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the latest news that we know and what we don't know. We'll simply make up. Tonto Canada, Professor Kimasabi of Parsec University, PU, reports observing a total of three explosions on the non-planet Pluto. This confirms earlier rumors received from American observatories, except the Americans refrain from calling the Plutonians hosers. There's a special announcement from Trenton, New Jersey. It's reported that a huge flaming object believed to be a meteorite or a weather balloon fell on a farm in the neighborhood of Grover's Mill, New Jersey. The good news is there are no reports of small children stowing away in these meteorites. The flash in the sky was visible within a radius of several hundred miles, and the noise of the impact was heard as far north as Elizabeth, who was really ticked that it woke her up. Any minute now, our reporter, Scoop Cooper, should give us a word description of what the heck's going on, because I don't know. That'll be coming up in just a few minutes. Right now, more of that music stuff. Here are the Banjo Boys with their new hit, Welcome, Invaders. The aliens are here, and all that we hold dear will soon become a smear. We're all gonna die! It ain't no rumor, we don't see the humor, they're just like a tumor. We're all gonna die! So kiss your butts goodbye! Well, not exactly Jeff Wayne, but... Our news reporter is outstanding in the field. I mean, she is outstanding in the field. Let's go to her now. This is Scoop Cooper reporting from our studios in New York, oh, where... Oh, this is Scoop Cooper. I appear to be in Grover's Mill, New Jersey. At least I'm not in Kansas anymore. At the site of an amazing event, there is a big thing half buried in a vast pit. It must have struck with terrific force. It's covered with the splinters of a tree it must have struck on the way down, along with a cow and a milkmaid. The object doesn't look like a meteor, at least not any meteors that I've ever seen, although now that I think about it, I've never seen a meteor. But I saw the movie Armageddon, they had to land on a meteor, and it didn't look a thing like this. 
and there's no sign of Bruce Willis. Here comes Professor Parsnip. Pearson! Professor, what would you say the size of this thing is? I say it's the size of a small house. How many bedrooms? Well, I don't know, a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. Finished basement? You wish. Over here is the owner of this farm in Grover's Mill, Mr. Grover. Hello, I am Grover. Were you nearby when this thing crashed? Yes, Grover, very near. Near! Tell me exactly what you saw. Grover was reciting alphabet when suddenly there was S sound. You mean like R R R? That R sound. This disaster brought to you by the letter S. S sound go S. Say it with Grover. Then big thing slam into sand with sounds so severe it sent me sailing into a septic tank. Thank you, Mr. Grover. You want to know what Grover did next? No, that's not necessary. No, let me go visit Cousin Yuda. Ladies and gentlemen, in all the excitement, there's something I haven't mentioned, but it's now becoming more distinct. Maybe you've already heard it over your speakers. Listen. There's a faint sound coming from inside. Professor, hmm? what is making that noise? Oh, I don't know. Rabbit weasels, a barbershop quartet. How should I know? You think I got x-ray vision or something? I just know this thing is not like a normal meteorite. Look at the smooth surface, the cylindrical shape, the words earth or bust on the side. Wait a minute. The end is beginning to flake off. Oh, that's just a skin condition I have. Pay no attention to... The end of the meteor. The top is beginning to rotate like a screw. It must be hollow. I'm like somebody is screwing a jar in a toilet. The top has come completely off. The inside of the top has writing inside. You are not a winner. Something's rising out of the shadows with a hollow cylinder. I can see the thing's body. It's large, as large as a bear, and it glistens like wet leather. It is a bear. In a leather jumpsuit. Mm. And it has a leash. That's kinky. Another form is rising up. It has two heads and three legs. Come on, Smokey. Drop your potato and we'll go back inside. This is horrible. Everybody is rushing back. Uh, I'll, I'll be back in a minute. Are we on? Oh, hi. I'm one of the part-time guys here at the uh, TV network, and uh, they grabbed me and gave me this microphone and told me to tell you, man, this is like serious, man. And uh, to tell you that we'll uh, be back to whatever it was we were doing (laughs) in a minute, man. Uh, Get back to what we're doing, and uh, I don't know. as soon as this light over here starts blinking, man, I'm supposed to throw the switch again. <laughs> oh, man, the light's blinking, man. Wow, look at the colors. Oh, I'm supposed to throw the switch. Hey, hey, Charlie, throw that switch over there, man. No, the other one. No, the, no, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, do that one, man. Wow. Boop Cooper, we're all about 50 yards from the pit. Now, several men have attempted to assemble a white flag on a pole but they didn't have any white material, so they put a Hello Kitty blanket on the pole, and it's so pretty, and it's pink. They're approaching the pit now. Do you suppose these creatures have any idea what this cute oriental icon means? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, something's happening. A hump shape is rising out of the pit. It looks like some sort of a 
Ray Gun. Oh my, it's sending out a beam of light. The men with the Hello Kitty flag. Oh no, they're turning to hot dogs and hamburger. Pastrami. Oh my goodness, it's it's a meat ray. A car has burst into cold cuts. The trees are becoming kibosses, and it's coming this way. Twenty yards to my right. I'll take two cards. You're on, go! Aho uh, there, we um, lost transmission from our um, transmission from Grover's Mill. Uh, so something's going on there that caused the uh, transmission to um, stop transmitting. So uh, let's see, what else is going on here? Wait, we're getting a message now that, uh, yes, yes, martial law is being declared. We go now to uh, an announcement by Brigadier General Brigadier. Take it away. Hi, everybody. This is Brigadier General Brigadier here. <laughs> yes, everything's under martial law. In fact, here comes the marshal now. Hi, Marshal. Okay, while he's getting ready, let me mention that we're bringing in all sorts of troops and with all sorts of big guns and things that make a lot of noise and shoot stuff. And oh, we're going to have these alien critters taken care of in no time. In fact, this could be so much fun. I have these t-shirts that say, We Kicked Alien Butt. On sale right now for just $12.95 each. So if you'd like to get one of these t-shirts, just call the number you see on your screen. <laughs> They're going to be going fast, just like the aliens. <laughs> we have found Professor Pearson. He managed to escape the uh, brouhaha that took place at Grover's Mill. He's on the line with us now. And, uh, Professor, what can you tell us about these uh, aliens? Well, an advanced civilization. Oh? I mean, really, a meat ray. Who comes up with a meat ray? Turns people and things into meat. I mean, that's that's, that's so cool. Of course, I would have called it a turn you into a hunk of meat later or something really cool like that. Yeah, instead of a meat ray, I guess it's going to have to do, though. Do you have any idea how to defeat these aliens? Oh, yeah, there's a real simple way to defeat the aliens. For crying out loud, I don't know why anybody saw this, but you see, all you have to do is, holy cow, I'm roaming here. Do you know how much my shell company charges for roaming? That's it. I'll see you later. Bye. Hi, everybody. Brigadier General Brigadier here at the scene of the place where the first alien craft landed. We got all sorts of soldiers around with their big, loud things, and we're just going <laughs> to wipe these aliens right off the map now. Remember, if you want one of the T-shirts at the low, low price of nineteen ninety-five, call the number on your screen. All right, everybody, get ready to open fire on the aliens. You ready? Okay, let them have it. <laughs> Take that! And that. And, uh, wait, something's going on. Something is rising up out of the pit. Some sort of cowl, and it's on three legs, and it's rising up above us, and... Oh, no, here comes the meat ray! They're wiping us out, ladies and gentlemen. There are only two things we can do at this point. We've got to call in the Air Force for an airstrike. And number two, we're putting all our T-shirts on sale for just $4.95. Get your eye-kicked alien butt T-shirt now while you can. Hurry, they're going fast, just like we are. Let's get out of here. That could have gone better, couldn't it have? The president has declared a national emergency, and he has asked the Secretary of State to uh, say a few words to the country. Uh, stand by, we now go live to Washington, D.C. This is State, the Secretary of State, and I'm supposed to be here to calm your fears about this invasion from Mars. Oh, sorry, this invasion from Pluto. Who invades from Pluto? What is it, a bunch of dogs? 
Although, I could probably understand them wanting to invade here. I mean, after all, they're way out in the far reaches of space and they're not getting good cable. So, yeah, you should probably be calm and we should put our faith in the government. <laughs> oh, sorry. And present, a, you know, a united and courageous front to, to repel these invaders and, um, look. I think we're toast people, so what I'm saying here, if you don't have one of those, um, bunkers, like I do, I'm always prepared, well then, um, I'm thinking you're pretty well doomed, and so I would just, you know, go about my tawdry little meaningless life and, um, hope things work out, and, um, I'll be down in my bunker with the doors bolted with Paolo, and we'll have a lovely time, and we'll have a few refreshing beverages, and, um... That's all I have to say. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. And don't come knocking at the door, okay? Okay, okay. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Hi, everybody. This is uh, <clears throat> Colonel Brigadier here. Things are not going as well as we had hoped. Uh, to keep everybody apprised of what's happening, we're going to just broadcast all the events that happen now live. We've got all our radios interconnected, so whatever happens in this war, uh, you can hear it right here on your televisions and radios. Right now, I'm standing over the city, and I'm, I'm looking down on the people. Uh, many people are just, are just getting out of town. They're, they're moving like cattle through the streets. Everything is in short supply. Food, clothes, fuel, you name it. Although some people down there seem to have things pretty much under control. Hi, John Bell here. At this particular point of the podcast, Beth, the kitty camper cookie girl, was supposed to yell, Come get your kitty camper cookies. The only food within miles. Only $200 a cookie. However, unfortunately, the actress who does Beth has a nasty cold, and this was the best she could do. <coughs> Get your kitty get It was a good gag, and she would have done it well, and I'm sure you all join me in wishing her a speedy recovery. Now back to the show in progress. Which reminds me, our t-shirts are now a dollar fifty each. Just call the number there. I've gotten word that uh, the Air Force has responded and we have uh, planes coming in now. Let's switch over and listen. This is Clinton in the comedy forecast bomber. Uh, hey, I have a bomber. Cool. I'm approaching the target now. Target is in sight. It's definitely one of the plutonium machines. Strafing it with bullets. No effect. Dropping bomb on target. No effect. Nothing left to hit it with. But wait. I still have John Bell's Parsec Award trophy. Ha ha! Take this, alien scum! Bombs away! And if you've ever heard John's show, you know I mean bomb. Uh-oh. It didn't like that trophy one bit. It's tossing it back at me. Ah. Now it's firing its meat ray at me. Oh. Losing control. Going down. Plane is being turned into Jimmy Dean's smoked sausage. Looks like I'm about to become the missing link. GL70. GL70 calling LSMFT. Come in, LSMFT. This is LSMFT. Go ahead, GL70. Army defeated. Air Force defeated. Wasn't much of a year for either football team, was it? Hello, B20. B20. Can anybody hear B20? Did you say B20 come back? That is affirmative. Then bingo, I win. Ah, nuts. Repeating. Aw, nuts. Repeating. Aw. 
Hello? Hello? I don't know if anybody can hear me. This is Hugo the janitor on top of the Batfree building. I see people trying to get out of town. I see railroads jammed, hotels empty. There'll be no Monopoly games tonight. And looking out over the hills, I see a plutonium war machine. It's cowled steel-haired even with the top of the trees. There are others coming now. They're lining up side by side. They're lifting their metal hands. They're lifting their metal feet. Wow, look at them go! She moves like that since I was in pre-NWW2. <laughs> go, girls, go! <laughs> oh, oh. oh, and the crowd here is loving it. Yes, oh, they're taking a bow now. And now everybody is back to the evacuation. And here come the machines to stop everybody. Looks like it's the extermination of mankind. Yes, I'll go inside and watch it on TV. with all the disco hits that you love to dance to. Let's boogie! Anybody but that. This is Professor Pearson. I have been hiding under an abandoned house ever since that first attack at Grover's Mill. Oh, shut up! Anyway, every day is a struggle for survival as I write these words. To write, I must live. To live, I must eat. I have explored this abandoned house and discovered some moldy bread, a few cans of soup, an orange not too spoiled to swallow, some caviar, chilled champagne, and frozen steaks. Who would have thought I'd be hiding under the Playboy Mansion? Anyway, here in the grotto, I think about the way life was, and the way life is, and the way life may be, if the way life is isn't at all the way life was. Or something. I decided to explore what's left of the world. So I set out. In several days, I arrived in a city. I walked the empty streets alone. I noticed crumbs on the street. Cookie crumbs. As though somebody had been feasting on kitty camper cookies. I turned the corner. And to my horror, there was a plutonium war machine. Its metal cow glistening in the sunlight. It turned and seemed to peer right at me. But before it could take one step, I heard a strange noise from within. <coughs> and then... The metal monsters were falling all over the world. After all man's defenses had failed, the invaders were slain by the humblest thing that God in his wisdom had put upon this earth. A kitty camper with tainted cookies. This is Aunt Harriet speaking to you from the Great Beyond. You need to know that the War of the Planets has no further significance than as a holiday offering it was intended to be. My favorite holiday, by the way. My nephew, John Mel, thought it would be fun to take a classic radio production and mess with it. Why? I don't know. 
And if you're listening to me now, you're actually stuck with this show to this point. Why? I don't know. Anyway, you'll be relieved, I hope, to learn that it's out of the system now and he won't be doing this again. I'll make sure of that. So, remember the lesson you learned today, kitties, that grinning, glowing, globular invader in your living room is an inhabitant of the pumpkin patch, which is where my nephew belongs. And if your doorbell rings and nobody's there, that was no plutonian, it's Halloween. And some kid tricked himself out of candy. Who rings the bell and disappears? My gracious. You have been listening to episode 97 of Bells in the Bad Free. All contents are copyright 2009 by John Bell. Potato. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time. We swear it won't cause some infectious disease. Happy holidays, friends. Phil Boyd Studge here for one of our longtime sponsors, Stoopnagel's Coffee. Friends, Stoopnagel's has been under fire in the media lately, accused of waging a so-called war on Christmas, all because they are packing their special Christmas blend coffee in an all-white bag. Pundits all over the U.S. are claiming that the brand you've gradually grown to enjoy over the course of 40 years has gone anti-Christmas, but nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, the reason Stoopnagels has packed their special Christmas blend in an all-white bag is to honor the season in the finest way possible by representing snow. Yes, friends, just think of that stark white bag of good old Stoopnagels as a 12-ounce snowflake of coffee reliability. And to help cement that idea in your little pea brains, we're offering, for a limited time, a very special CD recording of that holiday classic, White Christmas, recorded exclusively for Stoopnagels by none other than that world-renowned man in the monkey suit, Zip Doodah himself. Remember, friends, every stark white bag of Stoopnagel's special Christmas blend coffee you buy is a message to those who say we're anti-Christmas. After all, if we were, don't you think we'd call our special Christmas blend something else? That's Stoopnagel's coffee, handpicked in the mountains of Brooklyn by Juan Valdez's little brother, Julio. Try some today. Don't let rich coffee goodness go to your head. Just go out and buy some Stoopnagel's instead. Four pennies per pot, it's that coffee delight. You'll still be up tomorrow if you drink some tonight. Stoop!